Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Bodrini. This podcast is for everyone who wants to learn about investing in commercial properties. We get the best people in the industry to give you straightforward and practical advice that you can actually use in your investing. In today's episode, we are learning about Michael Mante's journey from being completely broke and having a negative net worth to being retired through real estate investing within four years. We're going to learn what are some of the top advices he would give us today and some of the biggest challenges that he encountered throughout that journey. Michael is a syndicator, an educator in financial freedom, and lives to help others find purpose in their investing. Here we go. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. I am super excited to chat with you. This is actually a very popular topic. We interviewed someone that was on food stamps and became a multimillionaire through real estate. And that was a very popular episode. But why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Happy to. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I've enjoyed getting to know you a little bit and I'm honored to be on talking to your folks. A little bit about me. I have a beautiful wife, three beautiful children. They're all young, so our lives are very busy. Have several operating businesses today, all centered around real estate investing. It's so interesting to hear where people come from to get into investing. I'm always fascinated by that. And I haven't met too many people that were missionaries and, you know, completely broke when they got into investing. Having been in ministry, you know, it, it could be easy to think, hey, I'm doing God's work when I'm in ministry. But part of my process and story has been being comfortable being who God made me to be, even when it's not ministry. So today it's 100% business, and I feel more aligned with who I've been created to be than ever before. So what made you start thinking about real estate investing? Well, I think like a lot of people, I read a little purple book. Um, that was <laughs> the first entry point that completely rocked my world. Um, and I'm referring to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, if anybody doesn't know. And it just blew my mind that people thought that way. I did not grow up in a, in a family that talked about money, um, had any wealth strategies or experience. And the other thing that really was a catalyst for me was I I call it getting healed. I mean, I, I got healed of a, of a bad mindset, of a faulty perspective, of a lie that if I wanted to be live a noble life, it meant I had to be in ministry. And I realized all God's looking for is for us to be faithful to who he's created us to be. We can't live somebody else's life, and he's not asking us to. So we each have our own journey, and to be truly noble is to fulfill that journey. So living my journey and being faithful to that was finally okay with me. 
And we started, so I came off the mission field. I was completely broke, uh, negative net worth, you know, by the time you count my student debt against me. My wife had $25,000 when we started. I find this property that, believe it or not, is $25,000. So when I talked to her, said, hey, this guy has this property for sales, $25,000. You know, she said, it's not happening. And I was okay with that. Like, I didn't have an ego in it. I wasn't going to try to sell her or manipulate her. You know, in fact, (laughs) I said, you know, even if we lose everything, at least we're learning. I've been reading all these (laughs) books, but, you know, at some point we got to jump in the game. Not uh, very comforting for her. No. (laughs) But uh, we went and talked with her parents and her her parents have been very successful. They would be ones you'd want to take advice from. And she couldn't get it out of her mind to say, you know, this goes against everything my parents ever taught me, you know, have a savings account, don't spend everything you have. So as we're driving over to her parents' house, I realized the predicament I'm in. Here's a guy with no money, no experience, and we're going to talk to her parents about using her life savings for something I think I, you know, is a good idea. I decide I'm not going to say anything. So we go over and, and she, you know, shares about how this is going against what they would have taught her. And I don't say anything. And finally, her dad says, sweetheart, we've had to risk everything to get to where we are. And we've told you those things because that was the stage of life you were in. If you want to build wealth, you have to risk. There's no other way to get there. And this seems like a good opportunity. That was our first one. That one, you know, went well. And I always knew, get me in the game. Let me learn the rules and I can start to creatively problem solve. If somebody's listening today and they don't have any properties, or maybe they just have a property or two, it can feel impossible to get to financial freedom. But sticking with it and building the momentum of your first few deals starts to snowball and it's powerful. So I knew we just needed to get in the game. The next year we bought another single family house. Then we bought a 10 unit uh, mixed use building. It had, it was a corner grocery store with seven apartments and little warehouse. It was an amazing God story of how it all happened. That one completely changed it for us. And it changes for it changed it for us because we bought that so under value. We used a hard money loan to buy it. So it was, it was I'll just tell you, it was $210,000. Um, this was like seven years ago. So um, prices have gone up since, but we got an unbelievable deal on it. So we bought it for $210,000 with a hard money loan. We went to our commercial bank. It appraised for like 360000 They gave us a loan to pay off all the hard money loan and gave us a credit line of $75,000. What it taught me was that I didn't have to be limited by my own capital. With the hard money loan, did you put any money down? Or was it 100%? We didn't put any money down. Zero. They financed it 100%. Well, (laughs) let me tell you... um, our first property that was 25,000, we never put a mortgage on. So we gave them a mortgage on 
our first single family house and um, this new purchase. Otherwise, I mean, you picked it right out. Yeah, no hard money lender will typically give you 100%. Okay. So you did not sell your first two homes? We did not, no. I've never flipped anything. I'm long-term, long-term minded. But the concept of infinite returns completely changed everything for us. And mm -hmm. within two years of that purchase, we'd bought 55 units, my wife and I, and built a million dollars of net worth and had enough passive income from those investments to be financially free. So retired, I was 33. It was great. Lasted about a week. And I realized this feels so wrong to <laughs> take everything God's given me and expect to go through the rest of life on my easy chair. Like this feels so wrong. To evaluate the future from that perspective was very profound. And after a lot of prayer and talking with my wife, we realized I absolutely love what I'm doing, but it would be so much more fulfilling to help other people in it, to do it in community. And so that was five years ago. Everything we've done since has been uh, through a syndication model. I went and learned syndications. And so that's what we do today. We put those together. We typically have an infinite return um, structure. Uh, that's kind of what I've been known for in our area. And we do education. We do live events. You already gave one advice, at least. Just go ahead and get started. Um, but what are a couple, maybe a couple more advices that you would want people to know? And let's say you were really back then. <laughs> what were your, what was going on through your head? And what would you want someone that was in your situation to know in order for them to get their career started? Right. That's a great perspective. Definitely the action taking is a huge one for me. Um, the other one is get around positive people, you know, generosity minded people that want to help. That was huge for me. You know, started going to local free meetups and just meeting people. And there were a couple people at those groups that just would walk properties with me, give me advice. Uh, that was a huge deal. You know, I was always one that wanted to do everything on my own. And I'm realizing more and more throughout life that that's fine and you can be successful that way. But working with other people is also an amazing way to add strength to your picture. You know, if you have a certain skill set and you work with someone that has a complementary skill set, uh, that can be a beautiful partnership. You know, obviously partnerships you have to be very deliberate with. You don't want to enter them um, flippantly. But if you, you know, you really get to know the other person, being open to working together can be a shortcut to success as well. We, we don't get anywhere alone. What were some of the biggest challenges that you faced during this journey? You know, staying encouraged, maintaining belief is challenging. If you have something in your heart that is greater than what you see around you, what your peer circle is, uh, you know, that's probably why you're listening to something like this. It takes courage to break through the average of the people you're closest to and enter a new realm 
of wealth and success. So, you know, just managing that and staying encouraged is a huge part of the battle. You know, so that's more on the mindset side. On something more practical, you know, we started with such little capital that it took every penny we had just to get into the next building. And I thought that, you know, we would just fund any renovations that were needed out of cash flow, you know, which is fine. Um, but you can't, <laughs> you can't fund a renovation and live off of the same cash flow, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't spend it in more than one place. So, you know, if you're running a performa and, you know, that's something that you need to be good at in this business, you know, you typically put, you know, in some of the older properties in our local city, you know, up to 15, you know, 10, 15% for maintenance and repairs. Well, there were some years that even on a very large portfolio, I was spending 30 and 40% of the gross income on repairs because I was buying buildings that had a deficit in deferred maintenance. It has worked out. We've made the repairs and kind of dug out from that. So we have a, you know, quality buildings now, but you know, that made things tight for a while. And so now, you know, and it's a, it's a great practice to make sure you have all the money up front to correct any deferred maintenance. So that's, you know, something we do today. If it, if a building needs something, we raise additional capital make sure the deal can support that and get that done um, at the beginning. So I didn't really have that luxury when we got started, but we definitely had to work hard to still make it through. Michael, well, such a great interview and you shared so many valuable insights and experience. And a lot of it, obviously, as you were saying, is our own mindset. You mentioned earlier that you have an event coming up on wealth creation. Can you please share a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. One of the things that's been amazing, we've got incredible feedback from the last couple of years has been a two-day event that we've done once a year. And at our last one, uh, I put together a panel on generational wealth and I got more positive feedback on that panel than anything else we did. It was the session I was most excited about because I'm, I'm obsessed with generational wealth, with you know, growing, um, growing wealth to the point that it will be around for my children's children and also in developing my children into the type of leaders and character-based people that can steward that wealth. Fast forward, I wanted to do a whole event on generational wealth. So um, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, at the end of May, May 28 and 29, we're doing generational wealth. I'm out of my mind excited. And something I'm really proud of is the humanitarian aspect of what we do. At our last event, we raised $120,000 to build orphanages. And at this event, we're going to raise money to impact human trafficking. So that's in anybody's heart and they want to get involved, uh, feel free to reach out. On that note, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Facebook is Michael Manthe, Instagram, Michael G. Manthe. Website is investelevate.com. And feel free to reach out through any of those mediums. Thank you so much, Michael, for sharing your journey with us. We really appreciate it. Stephanie, thank you for having me. Thank you for using your 
platform and success to inspire other people? Make sure to subscribe to our straightforward newsletter at montecarlorei.com. And I would love to thank one of our latest reviewers, Rocky76. Amazing podcast. Great content. I recently subscribed and have already learned so much from your podcasts. Keep up the good work. As a real estate investor, I love to hear the day-to-day aspects of owning real estate assets. Thank you so much, Rocky. I really appreciate you making the time to write us a review. And I will see you guys next time.